We are kick-starting off uh, our this series, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Now, for some of you older folk, you might be uh, thinking about the 70s or the 80s, but we're, 60s, okay, maybe 50s, let's go 30s, eh? And then we hit everyone. <laughs> awesome. I was more talking about Grant. <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> Now, cool. So tonight, yeah, we're kicking off part one is sex. And so we're going to be talking about sex, what it looks like. Yeah, I know. See, already the tension's in the air. You can feel it. People stopped breathing just a few seconds ago. That's good. It's good because obviously we recognize that in society it is a big topic. And if it's a big topic out there, it generally ends up being the white elephant in the room in churches. (laughs) Amen. We recognize that it's a big thing in society, a very big thing. It's portrayed in everything, absolutely everything. If, if you're a video gamer, it's in video games. If uh, you watch TV, it's all over TV. If you're on social media, it's all over social media. And actually, as a matter of fact, it encourages you to get amongst it, to actually become one, because it's, it's, it's essentially our culture, or it's a part of who we should be. And so if we don't fit into that category, we end up becoming that strange human that's like sitting on the corner. You're like, generally it comes that if you don't get involved, you're generally a believer. And so we're already put into this little category or this little box on the outside. And so it pushes us even further. And so tonight I just want to highlight a couple of things uh, that I've recognized um, throughout my own walk. um, But also, most importantly, highlight what the Bible actually teaches about sex. Because... um, even though we all have ideas, and my ideas might even be a little bit different to yours, we can always go back to the Word, amen? We can almost always go back to the foundation of it all. So, um, yeah, tonight we're talking about the gift of intimacy, or as most people call it, sex. Intimacy. What does it look like? What does it mean? Intimacy. I actually have this, uh, this breakdown of it. And it's this, a sacred, precious bond of a male and female in which a physical, emotional, and spiritual bonding takes place. I know, pretty intense, right? Some people were thinking, oh, I just came for the physical. Hey, Yelta. No, just, but um, <laughs> he was asking me earlier, hey, he's doing it. Anyway, moving right along. But there, <laughs> but there are three different aspects to this. There is a physical side, there is an emotional side, and most definitely, there is a spiritual aspect to sex. And so, for myself growing up, uh, well, realistically, for, for most Kiwi people, growing up, uh, whether you're in church or even outside, it was consistently told to me that sex, realistically, or getting a girlfriend and, and, and the pathway to sex... Uh, is, well, it's, it's, it's the right of manhood. It's like your 21st key, you know? It's, it's the thing that unlocks you're a man now. And so I always had this mindset that, oh, so sex is used for us to grow up. It was a maturity thing. And so the faster I, I ticked this box, the faster we got it done, the faster we grow up, and the faster we're successful in some way, shape, or form. It was a really strange concept. Generally um, fueled by everything that I spoke about earlier on, whether it was media, whether it was TV, whether it was everything. And so I ended up, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I wasn't always uh, in church. And so there was a time where I was uh, uh, what we would call a very worldly man. 
And so I liked to excessively indulge in a couple of things. Actually, all three topics that this series is going to cover, I absolutely loved. Um, or at least I thought. At least I, I, I thought I was trying to at least fool myself in some way, shape, or form. Tick the boxes and, and make myself okay to not only the world, but again, to myself. To say, hey, Orion, you're doing well. You got it. And so if I could get a job, if I could get a girlfriend, if I could just, in the eyes of everyone else, seemed like I had it all together, um, it was a good time, it was a good thing, and that's what I wanted to achieve. And so, growing up for me, again, it just came back that I, I, I did have influence from family members consistently from a young age, uh, talking about, yeah, sex is this physical thing, it's really awesome, and, and it's, a great, it's a great time. But no one really ever pulled me aside, and even when I attend church, no one really pulled me aside to, to really explain because it's that awkward thing. It's like, it's like if ants went and sat over in that corner, you'd all be staring at him going, what's he doing over there? Essentially, for even inside of the church, sex has become this thing that, that has a very negative connotation uh, on it. And it's actually become, I would actually say that it's, it's become such a negative thing that even in married couples, it, it, it can be frowned upon. Even in the site when I get up here and say we're talking about sex, everyone's, I don't know if we can do that in this church. Um, well, gutted, because we are. <laughs> so, but hey, look, I just want to um, open up the Bible. And so we're going to shoot over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. And um, yeah, while, while you guys shoot over to there, I am um, on the way to... On the way to my relationship with Christ, it dawned on me that, that it wasn't really that fulfilling. Um, I was a pretty intense womanizer growing up, and, and, and so it was actually, a, I was quite proud of it at that time. And so it came into a place where I realized that all I was trying to do was, again, as most of us would be aware of with different areas in our life, we're just trying to fill that void. And I was trying to fill an intense vo void that I realized later on could only be filled by God. Uh, and I tried to do it, obviously, yeah, in, in, in the obvious way, and, and it just didn't really work out too well. I was consistently fueling myself and, and fueling my own emotions, pushing everyone aside, not caring about everything, and just leaving a, a, a ruthless path of absolute fire and debauchery and all the rest of it, because I cared about myself. And so when it came to God... It was funny, I, I heard this, this statement said um, just a couple of weeks ago by one of our friends, and, and I was quite scared when it came to a relationship with God because it meant that I would have to sacrifice things. It meant that I would have to give up things. Uh, things that I thought, <laughs> thought, key word, thought that were precious to me. Thought that these things made me who I was, who I am today. Highly mistaken, highly mistaken. God shattered some things, and so we're going to jump straight into the word. You guys ready? Expectant? Awesome. Well, we know before we read, we always pray, right? Awesome. Let's pray, eh? Lord, I just pray that you would speak tonight. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would lead and guide us in the conversation of sex, what it looks like in your eyes, what you destined it to be in its purest form. Lord, I just thank you for all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Cool. Verse 18 reads, Flee from sexual immorality. 
All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against, uh, sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, verse 20, and I need you to get this tonight. You were brought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Amen, all right. Hey, look, I just want to highlight that. Sex, uh, the aim of tonight would be that we would take sex out of the negative box and put it into God's view or God's plan for what originally sex was for. Sex, again, has, it really has become such a negative thing. Even me and Naomi have been talking about it leading up into this time, and we've thrown a few jokes in there, and it's just, you know, it's like, and everyone gets a bit weird, and, and, and even with a couple of different people, you just talk about it, and, and it's just a weird thing. I would say even within couples, it can be a weird thing. I don't want to share about that. It's strange. You're weird. Strange. Let's change the topic. Are we going out for dinner yet? Yeah, cool. You know, like, it, it really is this awkward thing. Even saying the word sex, you've got to realize my eyes were open to sex when I was literally about 10 years old. It's embedded in the society, especially now in this day and age, in this culture, with YouTube, and if your kids have Facebook or, or you know, Instagram or anything, their eyes are opened whether you like it or not. Joel Cave, we went up to this masterclass and, and, and Pastor Joel Cave from Glow Church said that he deleted his Facebook page for the sole purpose of protecting his own eyes from things he didn't want to see. And so no matter what, your eyes are going to be opened to this if you're on these platforms. If you're watching TV, your eyes are going to be open to this. And so again, I, I absolutely believe that it is a mandate for the church to speak about this topic from a God point of view, to rewrite the wrongs that society have come along and said, hey, look, this is the new normal, and it comes against absolutely everything that the Bible first destined and first planned, and God spoke into motion originally what sex was for, exactly like this, exactly the scripture. Do you recognize that your body is a temple? A temple, if we, if we talk about it, it's, it's, a, it's like this building, pure. Now, you wouldn't come in here and start tagging on the walls. You wouldn't come in here and start, well, oxygen youth might. No, 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 just joking, just joking. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't come in here because you know Poro. No, no. You wouldn't come in here and defile this. You wouldn't come in here and defile this building. Yet, if we're talking about ourselves and following what the Scripture says... Why would you do it with yourself? A temple that's far more important than these walls, because church is just a building. The original church, Ecclesia, it's about a movement of people. So when we bring it back and peel it back, that you're defiling a very sacred thing. You, yourself, your soul, your temple, that magnificent creation you are. Man, God had an awesome plan for us. God had a real awesome plan, but it was inside a covenant. It was inside what we call marriage. See, it wasn't that God was like, here's sex, fail so I can smite you down. <laughs> I'm waiting. Because we can often have this picture that God's like sitting, and he's like, it's all, I get this picture, hey, and it's like there's the nuclear button, and the flaps opened, and Holy Spirit's like, get it. Get it, press it, press it, 
press it on that guy today. Today's his day. He went and done it, or she went and done it. You know, we have this real messed up mindset that God really hates us, that God's really judgmental, especially against this. Like, we hold sexual morality and adultery like higher than the rest, and then there's like murder, and there's like this, you know, we're weighing it up, and then, oh, I lied, but you know, that's a little different. But they sinned and sex, what? But God brings it back into alignment. Brings it back and says, hey, 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 hold fire. I'm not judgmental. I love you. And we were up in Whangarei, and Mike DeVita put, Pastor Mike DeVita up in Whangarei put it the best way. It was totally something, another thing. But he spoke about God and, and his love, and he spoke about it like this. He said that if you had kids and you sent them down to university, I absolutely loved it, sent them down to university, and you get paid for, paid for their, you know, gave them all the money to be able to go down there. Let's say they went to Wellington, so for, for fuel, and, and you were consistently paying them because you know you love them and you want to support them out of your own resources. And then you find out six months in that they've been spending all that on drugs and alcohol and all this other stuff. First thing as a parent that he said he would do would cut the supply because then they wouldn't be able to go and do that and then coach them and talk to them and, and get them through it. And so the same thing with God is that when it comes to sex or even every other sin, it's God loves us so much that he knows that he needs to withhold some stuff sometimes for us to really move forward to be able to receive that in, in its purest form. And when, when we think about it in regards to sex, it's talking about marriage, the purest form, like marriage. Yay. It's awesome. It's great. Here's my wife. She's beautiful. If you're a young married couple or about to be married, this is how you get brownie points, I'm telling you. Hey. Awesome. We're going to jump over to 1 Thessalonians, uh, chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. You know, never forget that, that if you're a believer in here, that you were brought with a price, that you were purchased. A very hefty price, a price that sadly had to be paid. Um, but graciously, in our regard, was paid, and we were set free. And so, you know, when this, if this area ever comes up in your life, I would highly recommend you to think about that. Think about that price. Whew, what a picture. Verse 3, or chapter 4, verse 3. Right? That's what's up there. Yeah, cool. It is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Very powerful verse that struck me uh, earlier on in my life because I always said that I knew God. I always said that I respected God, yet I would consistently go back. And the scripture, verse 5, man, it hits home. It's like, just gives you a solid punch to the heat, eh? <laughs> okay, at least for me, it did. Um, but it just puts it into perspective that if we fall in this consistently, that we can come into a place when we, when we operate in this gifting, this gift of intimacy outside of its original intention, marriage. Outside of marriage, we come into a place where we defile our temples, as we just learned about, and then we also come into a place of saying to God that we don't know Him because we want to operate and move in our passionate lust like the pagans. That we want to say, hey, no, no, God, that's enough of you. 
I just want to do a bit of me for some time. You're telling him straight to his face. And that's quite a scary thought when we think about it. But it's cool because verse 3 kicks this verse, kicks this, um, this scripture, this passage, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that we should be set apart. Set apart. Again, God doesn't hate you. God doesn't hate anyone, and we're going to get into some good scriptures real soon, but he absolutely loves you. That's why he gave us this gift, gift of intimacy, sex inside of marriage in its purest form. Jumping over to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, and it reads, marriage should be honored by all. Highlight that. Write it down. It's not some people. It's not married people. Married people should honor marriage. (laughs) See, by all. Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual, sexually immoral. It just comes back that there was a perfect picture of sex when God formed Adam and Eve. Genesis 2 tells us that a man would leave a wife. Leave, a man would, sorry, let me rephrase that. A man would leave, a, a man and a woman would leave their mother and father in order to be joined together, that they would become one flesh. We're getting there. I know some of you really want me to highlight that. A man and a woman, that is correct. A man and a woman. That they would become married and then become one flesh. We're now getting into the aspect that they become one. Two would become one. Myself and Sarah have become one through marriage. Physically, emotionally, especially spiritually. There are spiritual ties that can take place that I learned earlier on. There is this very supernatural connection when it comes to sex, especially outside of marriage. These things really stick to you and really get you. They really keep you in a place of of real torment. Real, real, real sticky situation. Like I couldn't forgive and I, I always held on to people and I didn't know why. I always thought about these people. And then bringing it back, just, just working with some mentors, realizing that there was a supernatural side to it because of how it was originally intended inside of marriage, inside of pure covenant, where a man and a woman would become one. So that still happens, but in a sinful way, in a way that's outside of God's original plans because it still takes place. You're still becoming one flesh, so then we see the negative things that can come from that. Relationships, or I, I know of many people, even myself, that, that used to just sleep around and, and just thought it was cool, but would just be ruthlessly hurting inside, carrying pain, carrying discomfort, trying to again, fill a void, fill a void, fill a void, not filling the void, because why? I just needed to bring it back to God, release it, and then learn more about Him, learn more about what it meant. You know, when I, when I started internship in 2015, I made a pact with God. <laughs> you guys are thinking, oh, here we go, one of those. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> uh, but this was a very serious pact, a very serious one, where I said to God, and I prayed this out, and I said that the next person I dated would be in a future-focused relationship. 
meaning that it would be with intent to marry, that I wouldn't waste my time anymore. Because if we're getting together and we start dating and we, and we start doing our thing uh, and, you're not, and you know you're not going to marry them, well, then what are you doing? I'll send you to Puddle's office. No, no. <laughs> She's actually not that bad. She's really awesome. But I know that she can be mum, so that's good, eh? Original plans, sex within marriage. It's a very healthy thing. It's a thing that should take place, especially inside of marriage. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to unpack it. See, because I, I really want to encourage you guys that we've talked about it a little bit. And there's obviously so much to cover with this, with this topic and with, with this, this real issue that we have, especially in New Zealand, especially in the world in this day and age. And it is something that is used against the church consistently. It is something that is a tool that is used to really get Christians going. But if we can just come back. And so this week, I, I just want to encourage you guys that I've got this, this key to success, if you will. And so I've split it up into two groups. There is a, a married, or non-married, I should say, non-married. Because I thought that if I go with singles, well, then there's still couples that aren't married. So, you know, non-married and married. And so, non-married people, all I want you to do this weekend for the rest of your life, I seriously, this will change your life because it changed mine, seriously changed my whole outlook on this. And it's, ask the question, could you see yourself with this person in five years' time, in ten years' time, or would you do life with them consistently for the rest of your life? Now, when I was dating, hey, we're going to get to married people soon, Yelta, just hold fire, hold fire. See, because when I started dating or came into the church and, and saw what sex originally was for, God's pure plan, I asked myself this question and it easily ticked the boxes, man. It was so easy. Like, you could look at someone and be like, okay, I'm just attracted to them physically. Do they have a good characteristic that I'd like to be around for th three days even? <laughs> but you know, it just ticks the boxes because essentially what it is is that we want to bring it back into marriage. We want to come back that you would, hey, it's a real thought, man. You know, you're stuck with family, so the only other good choice that you have is your significant other. If you get that wrong and you've got a bad family as well, <laughs> you're up the creek without no paddle and a hole in your canoe. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, this is a choice you've got to get right. Because in New Zealand, I actually just looked it up. In New Zealand, our marriage rate is that um, out of... Uh, it's, it's like sitting at, a, at 11 people out of 20. Oh, no, 1,000, sorry, will get married. 11 couples out of 1,000 will get married. And out of those 11 couples, eight of them will get divorced. Oh, not so funny now, eh? <laughs> they said the number, one, the number one reason in the world for divorce is infidelity or not having sex inside marriage. And so we're sliding over now to the married couples. Number one reason for married couples worldwide. In New Zealand, they said the number one reason was communication. Number two reason is infidelity. And so married couples, if you're married here, I gotta encourage you, it might sound weird, but this is the place. This is something that was a gift from God. Just like all the rest of the, the, the gifts that he's given us, the way that he wants to bless, this is one of those ways he really wants to bless. The way that he's wired us as men and then also wired women, this is a way, I love the word, it's intimacy. It's intimate. It's where you get alone. 
and the marriage bed where it's pure, where it's really fulfilling, where it comes into this place where it does fill that void and you're not consistently looking over your shoulder or feeling guilty about what you've done because that's a realistic place that you can be. And then we're coming back to just being a temple that's defiled and abused and brought into a heap of nothingness. So married couples, I want to encourage you with that. It's getting worse. They say uh, 2017, it was 11 and 7. Oh, 10 and 7, sorry. 10 couples were getting married. Seven of them were getting divorced. So it's gone up to 11 and 8. They reckon next year, it's going to be 10 and 9. So only one married couple over one, over one year, they will get married. and no, So 10 couples will get married over one year. Nine of them will be divorced all due to this reason. It's a serious issue. It's a serious thing. And so married couples here, I want to encourage you. If it means having more kids, go for it. I don't know what it looks like to you. We don't want to get too weird about it. But I'm being serious. This is a gift that we've got to get using because it will help your marriage. It will, it'll help your marriage, especially if we're looking at statistics of this day and age. Serious topic. We've got to get it sorted. The church has got to lead the way to really show this, this crazy city, this crazy country, this, this world, what it means to walk with Christ wholeheartedly, to come in full surrenderance and say, hey, Lord, sometimes it sucks. But it's a, as, as Bailey said, it can suck. We know that. Trials come. Things happen. But the best decision we can ever make is to seek holiness, true happiness, right? just want to finish up in uh, 1 Corinthians. We're going back to chapter 9. Oh, chapter 6, sorry. And we're starting at verse 9. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers or adulterers nor men who have sex with men we got to get this right because the church is consistently caving because culture would tell us to I can't speak for every other church in Hamilton City or in New Zealand but I know for a fact that Elam New Zealand is very bold on this that it was never made Adam and Steve as, as the joke goes around it was always Adam and Eve that a man and woman would come in marriage. Scripture tells us right here, like it's, it was never supposed to be a man and a man or a woman and a woman. A man and a woman. And that's not me saying that I hate you. Like even if you listen to this or, or whatnot, I don't hate you. If you're in this sort of relationship, I don't, I don't hate you. We don't agree about a lifestyle but the door's still open we're still ready to receive you come on come all we're all sinners it's just a sin isn't it not just a sin but it's a sin sin is sin all sin separates verse 10 goes on nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor slanderers 
nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and this is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. See, I love it because it doesn't single out. See, so often, especially for non-believers, they would think that we would single out, especially with sexual sin. Oh, look, these gays, condemn them, hate them. But we just read all of it in the exact same passage. There was no highlight. It was back to back. It just said, nor this, nor this, nor slanderers, nor drunkards, nor men that sleep with men, nor, it's all ticked off. Because when we come back and realize that we were all made in the image of Christ, that sex was meant for marriage. And so let's get married. No, 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 no. But if we just came into a bad joke. But if we just came into a place where we just came back, just like everything in life, we overcomplicate stuff. Humans, we like to just twist and distort everything that God gifted us. And it's quite shocking when we think about it. But let us just bring it back to the pureness, to the real fulfillment, to the real pleasure of what sex was supposed to be inside a real covenant that would last a lifetime. That a man and a woman before the eyes of God would say, till death do us part. That's a pure picture. I don't ever want my kids, my friends, no one that I know to ever go through divorce to ever suffer with sexual sin I did for a long time it's, it's, it's not a healthy thing I can tell you though that if we just keep surrendering to God and keep bringing it back to the Father man He's going to continue to encourage you He's going to continue to build you up He's going to appoint you anoint you He's got great plans for you let's bring it back sex within marriage and if you're struggling with it hey we've got people here that'll get alongside you and do life with you but most importantly we've got to get in the word and we've got to get in prayer time we've got to get in as Ansel always says man close proximity with him that's the real way I could never have overcome the way that I've been able to if I just tried to do it myself <laughs> try it no don't try it but it's just like anything. You can't, get, you can't not be angry. If you just tell yourself not to be angry, you'll get angry talking yourself out of not being getting angry. <laughs> Same thing. But sex. Sex, a positive thing. A real healthy thing. A real awesome gift. The gift of intimacy. Married couples, you've got to get it. You've got to get this right. We have to get this right.